Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Today, Dr. Forrest teaches on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's make our confession as a church. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, last week we talked about what it means to be born again, and the logical follow-on to that is what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And before He left the earth to sit at God's right hand in heaven, Jesus made it clear to His followers that there was a source of power coming that was crucial to their success. He wanted them to be successful in preaching and sharing the gospel and in living the abundant life that he had planned for them. Amen. Amen. And he knew they would have to have the power of the Holy Ghost in order to do that. By the way, all the scriptures I'm using today will be in the New King James Version unless otherwise noted. Amen. Luke 24, 46 through 49. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem, until you are endued with power from on high. Amen. Glory to God. Notice in verse 47, it says they are to preach the gospel beginning at Jerusalem. But then he goes on to say, I don't want you going anywhere and doing anything. Don't leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Because if you try to reproduce my ministry without the same source of power that I had, you will not succeed. Amen? Amen. The phrase endued with power is very interesting. The word endued there means to put on clothing, to be clothed with. Actually, the literal rendition of that word there translated endued means to sink into a set of clothes. I think that's pretty interesting when you realize this is talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and a baptism is sinking into water. Amen. Hallelujah. So he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. That word there that is translated power is the Greek word dunamis. It's the word that we get dynamite from in the English language. Amen. It talks about explosive power, miracle working power. So Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't say or do anything in my name until you are clothed with explosive miracle working power. Amen. Glory to God. And then in Acts chapter one, verse two through eight, he says essentially the same thing. And as you study the scriptures, you'll find out that when Jesus was raised from the dead, He walked the earth for 40 days before he made his final ascension to sit at the right hand of the Father. And during that 40 days, I have it on the authority of the Scriptures that this was a recurring theme. Wait for the promise of the Father. Don't go anywhere until you get the power. Acts chapter 1, verse 2 through 8. Until the day in which he was taken up, 
after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in verse 8, he goes on to say, But you shall receive power, that's that same word, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now remember in Luke chapter 24, he said, Don't leave Jerusalem until you're clothed with power, clothed with explosive, miracle-working power. But when T.L. and Daisy Osborne went on the mission field in India... They were not baptized with the Holy Ghost, and they fell flat on their face. They were not prepared for the spiritual battles that they faced. This is why Jesus said, don't go anywhere and don't do anything in my name unless you're filled with the Holy Ghost first, amen? And then they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and it totally transformed their ministry, and they went over there, and they started seeing people getting saved, filled, healed, and delivered, amen? And they spent a lifetime bringing uh, millions to the gospel of Jesus Christ because of the miracle-working power that went with them. Amen. Glory to God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that is received subsequent to the born-again experience. I know that's very controversial. I know that is exactly opposite of what most churches teach, but it is the truth. Bottom line is, we have to follow the Word of God, not man's tradition, not what elder so-and-so or pastor so-and-so said, but what does the Word of God say, amen? Amen. I'm going to spend some time on this because I think it is pertinent, and I think you need to know this, so when your friends give you that argument, when I got saved, I got all of the Holy Ghost I'm ever going to get. You need to be able to show them lovingly, don't get militant, but just lovingly say, well, The whole counsel of God in the Scriptures does not agree with you. (laughs) Amen. Glory to God. Getting back to the task at hand. Let's begin by examining all the Scriptures where people were baptized in the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. And let's see if we can support the belief that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is an experience that is received subsequent and separate from the born-again or salvation experience. Amen. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 through 7. Now stay with me. This is preparatory. I'm setting you up for something here. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, that is Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Amen. 
1 Peter 1.3 says that we were born again by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We talked about that last week. In other words, it was the resurrection of Jesus Christ that enabled mankind to be born again. He tasted death and conquered death in all forms, spirit, soul, and body for all men and women. Amen. So all those who witnessed the resurrected Christ while He was still on the earth, who believed and confessed that He was Lord and that God had raised Him from the dead, were born again at that very moment. Let's read Romans 10, 9 and 10, just so we're clear on that. It says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you believe He's Lord, and you believe God raised Him from the dead, and you say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart, the Bible says you are born again. Amen? Amen. And according to the scripture we just read in 1 Corinthians 15, that group of eyewitnesses included Peter, James, the twelve apostles, and over 500 other believers. Amen. So let's examine some specific instances where people were filled with the Spirit subsequent to salvation. Number one, the day of Pentecost. Because of what we just read in the Scriptures and what we just said, we know that everyone in that upper room on the day of Pentecost was already born again and were there because the resurrected Christ told them to wait for the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. You know, that's the first mention of a Japanese car in the Scriptures. (laughs) And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. On the day of Pentecost, we see that 120 born-again believers were baptized in the Holy Ghost, amen, subsequent to their salvation or their born-again experience. The Samaritan believers, Acts chapter 8, verse 5 through 8, verse 12, and then verse 14 through 17. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Here again, we see the reason for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They listened to what Philip had to say because they heard and saw the miracles which he did. What does it mean to hear a miracle? I know what it means to see a miracle, but what does it mean to hear a miracle? They probably heard devils screaming as they came out of people's bodies. Amen. And sure enough, verse 7 says, For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Amen. So they believed in Jesus, and they were baptized. So in my book, they were born again. Amen? 
Verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. These people were born again, and then sometime later, subsequent to that salvation or born-again experience, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's talk about the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18. Now, you know, if you've studied your Scripture, if you've been in church very long, that Paul was on a horse with a company of men on his way to Damascus to throw Christians in jail. And a bright light knocked him off his horse, And he had a vision of Jesus. And the first words out of Paul's mouth was, Lord, what's going on? He said, my paraphrase, why are you giving my people such a hard time? You need to get right with me. (laughs) He had a vision of the resurrected Lord and he called him Lord. That's when Paul got born again. But he needed to be filled with the spirit if he was going to accomplish the mission that God was going to place on his heart. Amen. Hallelujah. So he gets to Damascus and a believer by the name of Ananias has a vision and he's he's instructed of the Lord to go find Paul at such and such address and lay hands on him. Amen. So let's pick it up there. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Amen. The Apostle Paul got born again on the road to Damascus, and then subsequent to that salvation experience, he got filled with the Holy Ghost in the city of Damascus. Amen. Glory to God. The house of Cornelius. Let's talk about the house of Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word amen you remember from the scriptures that peter had been summoned supernaturally cornelius had been praying one day and an angel appeared to him and said look your your alms and your prayers have come up like incense into the nostrils of god i want you to go to joppa and find peter and bring him to your house and he will tell you words whereby you and your house can be saved. So this is an answer to that supernatural intervention. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. He was preaching the gospel to the house of Cornelius. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Now, here we have a case where it seems like they were born again and filled with the Spirit at the same time. I want to tell you it may seem like that, but there had to be some time between the born-again experience and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Why do I know that? Because the Bible says you cannot put new wine in old wineskins because it'll burst, amen? 
you got to have a new wineskin in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. God will not fill an unclean vessel. You have to be born again first and then be filled with the Spirit. So maybe it was just a few nanoseconds, but I guarantee you there was some separation of time from when they got born again to when they started speaking with other tongues because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? So everything is done out of order here. You know, you get the impression when you read this story that Peter is preaching and the Holy Ghost is not going to wait for the preacher this time. He just says, that's enough. Boom, they're born again. They're filled with the Spirit. Not even waiting for you to finish the preaching. These people are ready. And the Holy Ghost fell right in the middle of his preaching. Wouldn't you like to be interrupted by the Holy Ghost like that? Amen. Then it's time to just step back and watch the Lord work and say, whatever you want me to do, Lord, just let me know. John, you've had times like that, haven't you, where the Holy Ghost just fell and you just have to sit back and watch God move. (laughs) Even before he started talking, he said, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. All right, and then verse 48, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. So the normal progression is you get born again, you get baptized and then you get baptized in the holy ghost so these people got born again baptized in the holy ghost and then they said well since that's already happened let's take them down to the river and get them baptized amen it's a little bit out of order but hey we're going to do it that way anyway listen never argue with the holy ghost amen i want to share a story about trying to put new wine in old wineskins just for a minute here now as i was preparing my notes And the Lord said, share this story. Back in, I guess it was the early 2000s, Trish and I were in prison ministry, and we were at uh, David Wade Correctional Center in Homer, Louisiana. Maximum security prison. There was about 80 prisoners there, and I was just preaching to them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I gave an altar call at the end of the preaching, and I was right up on my time limit. Now, Those of you that have done prison ministry, you may know this, but a lot of prisons, once you get to your time limit, they want you to be done because they don't know nothing about the Holy Ghost, okay? They can't extend the service because the Spirit's moving. (laughs) In fact, this particular facility, if you got within five minutes of your time, the guard would start flicking the light switch to let you know it's time to wrap things up. And I said, I got to have this altar call. I got to get it out, Lord. And so I said, if there's anybody in here you're born again, and you want to get filled with or baptized with the Holy Spirit this evening, come up here right now. And about eight guys came up. I got five minutes, and the light flicking is going to start. What do I do? And the Spirit spoke to me. He said, have them form a circle around you and just lay hands on them one by one. He said, forget about trying to teach them anything. Forget about techniques. Just lay your hands on them and say, be filled. So that's what I did. So the first guy, I touched him. I said, be filled. He took off in tongues. Second guy, he took off in tongues. Third guy, he took off in tongues. Fourth guy had to coach for a little bit, but he took off in tongues. Went all the way around the circle. Seven guys got filled with the Holy Spirit instantly without any effort on my part. It was the Holy Ghost. And then I got to the eighth guy, and I put my hand up. And the power of God hit that guy, and he hit the linoleum in like half a second. It was like, bam, he was on the ground. And I'm telling you from prison ministry experience, prisoners don't give you a CD, a courtesy drop. If it's not the Lord, (laughs) if it's not the Lord, they don't fall. 
This guy was slammed so hard, I thought he was hurt. I got some of the brothers on the front row. I said, get this guy up. Let's find out what happened. So I went to this guy. and said, what happened, brother? He said, oh, I don't know. I was standing here. You put your hand up, and this wind just blew me down. I said, really? I said, what did you come up here for? Because this was an altar call for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, I come up here to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I was like, dude, you're in the wrong line. <laughs> you got to be born again first before you can receive the new wine or your old wineskin is not going to be able to handle it. He was not able to handle the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The power just hit him and he fell to the ground. And I said, listen, let's get this guy born again. So I prayed for him real quick, prayed a prayer of salvation. And I said to the brothers who had just gotten filled with the Spirit, I said, you guys pray for him, get him filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just barely made it. But that's my story that I remember from experience that you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. They can't contain the power. They can't contain that kind of anointing because they're not yet born again. So you've got to be born again first. I'll tell you another story. Uh, praise God, it's story day. <clears throat> Back in the 80s when I was in Corpus Christi, still flying for the Marines, Trish and I were living on base there at Naval Air Station Corpus Christi, and we had a Bible study on the Navy base on Saturday night at 7 o'clock, and people came. And there was a young lady there that night, and I was teaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and she wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost, so she came up and said, lay your hands on me. I want to speak in other tongues. And so I put my hand on her, and I said, be filled in Jesus' name with the Holy Ghost. And then she started doing this guttural kind of cling-on sounding thing, you know. I thought, boy, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> That does not sound right. I've prayed for a lot of people to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and that does not sound right. I stopped her. I said, stop, stop, stop. I said, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to the church down the road, the first church of the shining angel. I was like, okay. I said to her, has Jesus Christ come in the flesh? She said, I can't say that. I said, why not? Because I don't believe it. I said, is Jesus Christ Lord, and did God raise him from the dead? She said, I can't say that because I don't believe it. I said, honey, I can't help you because you got to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. you got to be born again before you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You can't have the power unless he's your Lord. First of all, it ain't right. <laughs> Second of all, you can't handle it. You can't handle the power, amen, unless you're born again. Amen. Glory to God. All right, somebody out there needed to hear that, amen. Praise God. The Ephesian believers, Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, a large segment of the body of Christ is in that category right now. You talk to them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean, the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I hear the preacher talk about the Holy Spirit, but not very much. He's not emphasized. He's not taught about. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Peter said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. 
When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So here again, you got a company of believers, 12 believers in Ephesus who were disciples. That means a disciplined follower of Christ. They were believers. They were born again. They just hadn't received the baptism of Jesus. You know, I was just reading the other day in the Gospels. There was a period of time there. There was kind of an overlap where John and Jesus were baptizing at the same time. These guys probably got baptized during the time that John was still baptizing. And they believed in Jesus when they saw him. Believed that God raised him from the dead. And they were born again. And Paul says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? What does that imply? You should have. So there we see in the scriptures five examples where people were born again. And then sometime subsequent to their salvation experience, they were filled with or baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. So it's in the scriptures. What are you going to believe? You need to base your belief on the word of God, not on what somebody says and not on what you've experienced. What does the word say? So we're going to wrap it up right there. Next week, we're going to continue the series on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about more aspects of this vital experience for the believer. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. 